Hey, Night Owls. Welcome to Isn't It Past Your Bedtime. I'm Krista. And I'm Rachel. And this episode, we're making a splash. Picture like, you know. Insert water sounds here. (laughs) Yeah, splashy water. Insert here. Maybe I'll actually do it when I edit it. We'll see. We'll see how much energy I have when I edit this episode. Um, It's a thought that counts. Yeah. Well, basically, this one is like water themed. One of the other ideas we came up with was there's a lot of books in the sea. So solid too. Yeah. Get all the fun puns in there that we can. But I'm just going to dive right in. I got a lot of these. Oh, you're killing it. <laughs> it's so appropriate, though, too, for like summertime, right? Because like this is, I think, our first June episode. Yeah. Um, so I, I just feel like water was so appropriate. I mean, I'm into it. I can't wait to hear about what you got. And it was like 95 degrees today here where I am. Oh my God. So. It was so hot. I was dying. I was like making excuses to hang out in the basement all day. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it was a perfect episode for this one. So I did the house in the cerulean sea by TJ Clune. Yeah. That's how you say that all of a sudden I sort of questioning it. Uh, so like in this world, there are like magical creatures, um, but of course like the non-magical human creatures are trying to kind of like not control control but like the creatures are supposed to um register and they're being tracked all these things so Mm -hmm. the book is about this main character Linus baker and he is a caseworker for the department in charge of magical youth um and he's been doing a caseworker for 17 years like the exact same position he's like never moved up to supervisor and he says it's because he's like not made for management like that's what he thinks um but also like he actually kind of like cares like he cares about the like these kids that he's goes and he sees these like magical kids um he cares so to, it like classic place casework like like a social worker like yeah. he's just like a social worker but for wizards yeah pretty much well it's not like wizards there's like it. magical creatures so like Oh, okay. Anything magical, basically. Yeah, like, uh, like it kind of starts out, and he is. So what he does is he goes to these orphanages, or orphan, yeah, orphanages. Yeah, that's right. Um, that sounded weird in my head. Um, <laughs> so like a lot of for a lot of these magical children, they have like either they're like the last of their kind, their families died off, they're taken, mm. or they're just unknown. And so they live in these orphanages, which is kind of like, <sighs> it's not actually like let's be honest, what they really are at homes. Like nobody is adopting these children. Like they just stay there till they turn 18, they age out, they go become adults. So he goes okay. in and he is investigating them to make sure that like the kids are safe, that they're being fed, they're not being beaten, things like that. And then if there's an incident, he goes out. So like the kind of the first one you get is that there's this like child, I think she's probably like eight or nine or something, and she's a telepath, telekinetic. She can move shit with her mind and she like threw a bunch of like pencils at this kid or something or blocks and like broke his tail or something like that and so he's like talking she broke a kid's tail what kind of kid is this move on it's fine we don't know we just know he has a tail (laughs) okay um and like linus is talking to her and he's he's like i can always tell like when the kids are being like coached by the master of the Mm. orphanage of like what to say Mm -hmm. and he was like well like you're young and like sometimes like big emotions can like cause your power so if you don't have a lot of control like anger or happiness he's like well perhaps he's like maybe you were just so happy that you threw this and she was like that's it i was so happy when he stole my colored pencils i threw a chair at him with my mind (laughs) um and he had like interviewed like the kid with the broken tail and he like already didn't even care he cared more about like people like signing his tail cast and stuff like that so he was like yeah like no it's fine like 
they're children they're not in like they don't have control of their powers yet um but so he has to go and then he has to like make a recommendation on if these orphan juices stay open or not or if there's a problem um and like in his whole career he's only of 17 years he's only ever recommended i think it's five be closed it's like four or five and that was a li- percentage <laughs> yeah and like those are like one of them the master was like literally like beating the children and then the other one it was using them as like slave labor for something or other so like oh my god yeah they should be closed down so it takes some pretty extreme circumstances for one of these homes him to or make a recommendation for him to decide to close it down yeah because there's like 26 row that's like 26 by 26 little like cubicle rows in like the building that he works in of people that are doing this um he like has like the entire giant book of like the rules and regulations like memorized um he pretty much has has, like like, fun at a party no well he has like no friends and family like so yeah i was right yeah he has a cat named calliope who picked him i love that though yeah and he has like a really mean neighbor woman but like one day he's just at work and he gets a memo to like for the next day to report to extremely upper management and like nobody ever sees them except like once a year they come and they like feed everybody like dry ham and lumpy potatoes on like employee appreciation day but then they have to go eat their lunch at their desk because they just spent their 15 minute lunch standing in line to get the food oh a 15 minute lunch jesus yeah Yeah. so like this whole time i also was like picturing it being um like these like being british people because we don't actually know where he is he's just in a city um Mm. but then i started listening to the audio book and it's like definitely an american dude and so i stopped i was like nope these are british people you're wrong like this ruins my image of what's happening here yeah so i instantly dropped it um but so then he goes to uh, extremely upper management and he gets this new assignment and it's classified level four and he's like it's on um i can't remember the name of the island i didn't write it down but he does it and he's like oh i thought i had heard of every every master i've never heard of these ones and somebody in extremely upper management was like well if you heard of it maybe we'd probably have a leak don't you think since it's classified level four and he's like oh you make a valid point and so they give him this like folder of files and they're like, do not read it until you get off the train. You leave tomorrow at 6 a.m. So he goes home, he packs, he like brings Calliope because he's going to be gone a month. This is like a month long assignment. It's, a long it's like time, the yeah. longest assignment he's been on. And of course he has like no idea what the heck he's getting into. So it must takes, be far. Yeah. So he takes the train to this island and he gets off and it's like, somebody will be there to pick you up. Like it's handled. Don't worry about it. And so he like it's like okay well I guess it's time to like open these files and like read on what they're doing because so basically what upper management extremely upper management told him to do he is supposed to write like weekly reports back and they're supposed to be because his reports mm-hmm. are always been really really detailed they're like you tell us a bunch of shit we don't care about like let's be honest like you go into to the it point, okay yeah it's like but it's like it all matters like he's like telling a story as to like why it is that we got here and he puts in a lot of observations that a lot of people either might not notice or just otherwise don't put in their reports and like when they're talking to him he keeps being they're like oh yeah we've read the last like five of your reports but but da, da, da. like what are these things and he's like clearly you know the answer but like he doesn't lie because he's like well they know the answer and also he doesn't like to lie like it's like lying makes him like sick to his stomach and he's like it just gets worse all these things so I feel it he sits down and he opens up the first report or the first file on because i think there's there's six children and six children and then the master of the house and so the mm-hmm. first one is lucy short for lucifer six years old the antichrist oh. and linus baker promptly passes out 
and so then he like gets woken up to and this woman is like here like basically like being like come on like like, kicking him like you're just gonna lay down there all day like what the heck you're already running late like let's go oh no and so he's just like what is going on oh my gosh and like his files are everywhere and so then he's all like worried that she's like read his files but he has to like follow her along and then finally he's like oh my gosh you're a sprite and she's like what's it to you and he's like nothing i just i just haven't seen very many of you and it's like you start to realize that like he's actually he's very very knowledgeable of the different kind of magical creatures that like are in this world and so zoe is the sprite i think she's she's an island sprite and so the island is basically like her island and she's allowing these children to live on it um so they go and she like drops them off or whatever and then he meets the next one is talia she's a gnome she's 263 years old but oh my god gnomes don't hit maturity until 500 years old and so, so like yeah oh so for like lucy like because he finally like starts reading some more of the files and it's like mother unknown assumed decease father devil so like that's kind of funny <laughs> devil and so then it's like oh talia's report and like female gnomes are actually like super rare and like nobody knows like what happened mm-hmm. to our family and stuff so that's her um like other- female smurfs they're rare yeah um so then there's theodore he's a wyvern which is like a little dragon with wings they're super 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 rare like he might be one of like the last of his few and he's also like tiny like he's barely larger than a house cat because he's so little i've heard that term before wyvern but i guess i never really realized like what it was referring to like i wasn't sure what it meant but it's like a dragon thing yeah it's like a tiny little dragon they have wings that makes sense to me okay I had to Google it, one, because I could not figure out how to pronounce it, is mainly why I Googled it. And then mm. I also didn't know what it was. So, yeah. See, I uh, forget Google exists because we grew up in the 90s where that wasn't really a thing. Yeah. You just had to suffer through not knowing anything. You just didn't know stuff. Yeah. Well, I also didn't know how to pronounce the word cerulean for like two thirds of the book. So mm-hmm. there was there was that. That was hard. Um, so then another one of the children is named Fee and she's a forest sprite. And so like I already said, like when we met Zoe, like sprites are super rare. Uh, they're very territorial. So also the fact that Zoe is allowing another sprite like onto Ooh. her island is like super like unheard a big of. Deal. Um, and sprites when they so they're very solitary creatures too and they're like very Mm. protective and the younger they are the more dangerous they are because they don't have control over their power and their magic and she's like 10 um and i can't remember Mm. how it happened but with her like her whole family died and she spent like weeks or something days whatever like just with their corpse and so like finally these like three men like come and like find her and like discover her basically dead um and try to take her to like save her but she's super young and freaked out and so with the very last of her strength she turns them all into trees so yeah so that's what so that's why she's on that's why she's on this island so basically this island like the six people that the six children that are here are all just like really different or like they're like need to be classified level four like the fact like people don't need to know that the antichrist is a six-year-old boy with like spiders in his brain and stuff like that like some good omen shit right here kind of yeah and so then another one is sal he's the oldest he's like 16 i think um and he's a shifter and like when he gets scared he turns into a pomeranian and he startles very easily he's like been in a lot of homes and a lot of bad homes like um because that's the other thing is that eventually if you like get kicked out of so many of these orphanages you end up going to the schools and like 
there, there's no more chance for you to be adopted, oh. even though you were never getting adopted to begin with. I so, mean, they kind of do that with like elementary schools. There's like those home, there's those elementary schools or junior highs for like the troubled kids. So it's like that. Mm-hmm, kind they of. have like a troubled kids school. Yeah, or exactly. Yeah. So it's like a school, but like they're not like you don't want to go there. Like it's not that a sounds great... like it's going to work out. Like it just put a whole bunch of kids who like just like stir up crap together. Yeah. Be like, great. Don't have control over their powers and have probably had a shitty couple of years to put the like landed them here. Like they don't have anybody. Um, and so. Yeah, so like he's gonna have like a shitty couple of years, and at one point, Lennox is like, "Well, it's kind of weird that like he's not in one of these schools. Like, I wonder like what happened that brought him there." And I'm not gonna tell you what it is that brought him there. Um, and Ooh, so then the last sweet. one is Chauncey, and he's this like anamorphous green blob, and he's got like bright red lips and black teeth, and his eyes are on like these little like antenna thingies on his head. Um, and he's got tentacles and stuff. Um, and the whole, intimidating. the whole reason that he's there is that nobody knows what he is. Like, classification unknown. Family unknown. But he's basically spent his whole life being told that he's a monster and he's like the nightmare that hides under the bed. And so, like, that's what he thinks he is. And so, like, that's awful. I'm so sad. Yeah. For so, them. like, the master of the house is like, so the master of the house is Arthur. Oh, I didn't even write his last name down. Eh, whatever. Doesn't really matter. Arthur. Um, and so, like, he's basically trying to, like, teach all of these people all these children like you know you're more than just like what society says you are like Chauncey you're not a monster it's like Chauncey's whole dream is he wants to be a bellhop like that is like his life goal is he wants to be a bellhop because he saw it in a movie one night and became obsessed with it and so like and Arthur's like slowly trying to get like Saul to like not be so afraid and like Zoe is working with Fee to like help like her figure out her stuff um and just like all of these things and so like at first when linus gets there they're like super wary of him because they're like okay you're coming to like do this investigation and you're gonna shut us down and he was like well and he doesn't like like i said he doesn't like to lie so we can't say like outright say no but it won't happen yeah but he's like that's not like what i'm doing he was like i'm here to report if you guys are healthy and you're learning and you're happy like things like that and so, like, Lucy, like, tries to, like, scare him about how, like, oh, I'm going to make your insights on your outsides and I can make all your organs boil. And, like, Linus is, like, kind of freaked out because he's, like, oh, he's the Antichrist. And then Arthur is, like, well, we don't say that word here, first off. And, like, that's just, and, like, he's, like, Arthur's just, like, that's Defensive. just, like, he's, like, that's just how he is. Like, he's a six-year-old boy who's told his entire life, like, he's had, like, these, like, religious people try to, like, exercise him, like, that's just like who he is he has like a dark sense of humor and like the more you get to like know lucy you go oh, okay yeah like until you remember wait it's just coming out of a six-year-old's mouth that you're like oh that's more terrifying i honestly feel like that's something i've always felt about like the antichrist i'm like so are they really though or like did all of the adults around them put this pressure on them to be terrible like sure they have magical powers and crap mm-hmm. but like but I mean, like, their general attitude, like, I see in the movie Omen and, like, Damien and that kind of crap, like, like, the little evil one or whatever, like, mm-hmm. but every time he's always portrayed as, like, a child, and I'm just like, but how much of, like, what happens here is the adults around you, okay? Exactly, and that's what Arthur is basically trying to, like, kind of get across and trying, to, like, one, to Lucy right. and also he's to Linus. like that. It's like, yeah, like, okay, if you, we, if you tell him that all these terrible things are going to happen because of him, that's all he's going to ever know. 
but if you can right. be like oh no like you have these other things like nature versus nature versus nurture kind of a thing and so like i love that so yeah so they have like their they have to do their classwork at a certain time and then like they have like an hour or two at the end of the day before dinner that's like for their own personal pursuits so like tali is always working in her garden um and like theodore hangs out in his little like shrine of goodies um but also so he has to like linus has to see all of their bedrooms and like see where they're mm-hmm. staying and stuff like that make sure everything's going so it's like accessible. takes yeah so it kind of like takes a little bit for some of them to like warm up to him and then him and arthur kind of get a little bit closer like at first he's like he's like you will all call me mr baker and you were mr parsonis i think it's his last name and miss chapwell that's always last name like he's very, very much serious. and he's like you will call me this like i am not here to be friends like i am here to do a job and they're like arthur's like okay sure We'll, we'll play by your rules that's fine that's that's it's an easy change whatever because linus is like that is inappropriate that the children call you arthur da, 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 da. but then like, like get over it linus yeah Chill but then, like some things happen and like somebody calls him linus and he doesn't correct it and he's like oh hmm. so like he slowly starts to like see like throughout the book that he was kind of like brainwashed because like in the village because he has to go back to this village because okay, they gotta take a little ferry across get back to the village every week to mail off his report to extremely upper management mm-hmm. for that one week and then they like, said they send him like a thing back or whatever and like in the village there's like all these signs like see something say something and like mm-hmm. registration saves lives basically it's trying to like make sure that like there are no unregistereds out there like we need to know everything whoa so, like nobody can be undocumented around here yeah exactly because that is scary because we don't have powers and you do because and that's humans scary. are afraid of what they don't understand Got exactly <laughs> yeah and so like throughout this he's starting to realize like oh gosh like i've kind of been like not necessarily brainwashed but like doctor to like think these things and like he has like all these preconceived notions about mm-hmm. like people like um like he knows some things about gnomes that are like not super savory and then it's like well this is and then arthur's like well how many female gnomes have you ever met and he's like none shit and he's like arthur's like yeah exactly like super like what do you think is gonna happen if she just gets put out there as like her like come on now um and so yeah so like his thoughts on some things he's kind of just like broadens his like view and outlook on life um obviously i don't want to like give anything away about like what happens like you learn a bunch of things because like one of the things you come to find out um because there is technically a file on arthur but it's like one page it's like name age 44 and then like the rest of it's redacted and so Mm. like in his like first letter to extremely upper management line it's basically kind of goes off and is like very professionally like screw y'all like you should have given me way more information like you just let me walk into nothing and so then extremely upper management is like fine like gives a more information on arthur um but in the, turns out like really what it is that like they're more interested they are interested in these children because they're like very different Their than job what they too. know well yeah but like this specific island it's like the island of like the super different people like none of like none of like they're all like their own like there are no other lady mm-hmm. gnomes and there is no other antichrist right so like they're all unique for sure yeah and so like yeah they want to know about that but they also like have a lot of they want to know a lot about arthur and like we don't know why yet and like linus doesn't know why and he's like that's kind of weird like they're super focused on him like when it should be like yeah like when it should be more about like 
I mean, yeah, obviously, like, make sure that he's not trash and he's not, like, beating the kids, like we said. Yeah, that makes sense that you'd want to look into him to a degree, but I feel like their interest seems is t- it's, more than usual. Yeah, exactly. And we don't figure out why for quite a while. And then once you do, you go, oh, it makes sense now. Cliffhanger. Um, yeah, but so that happens. And then even, like, Arthur has, like, some character growth and is, like, he, like, Wait. warms up to, like, because, like, Linus has been trying to say some of these things, like, from the very beginning. He's, like, has these big opinions on it. Um and they're pretty valid too like he makes a really good point especially because like he's seen a lot of these and he kind of knows some stuff um Mm -hmm. and so like they both grow and it's it's super cute story like thank um, you yeah uh at one point somebody labeled it as romance which i disagree with not i see how I see okay, how so there are some here. elements that you see how that could be potentially the fact that, that they, yeah the fact that they try to put it in the romance like it's not it's just it's a story that has some romance it's not in the main it. yeah but there's part. like one I can't remember where the heck I read it but yeah there was somebody that like had it labeled as a romance story I was like that's not right at all that's not what this is but but yeah super cute pretty quick read it definitely like hooked me in like once it gets going because it's written kind of odd also like how like his writing style is kind of weird and it took me a little bit but I'd heard such great reviews that I was like and I waited like two months for it from the library so I was like I definitely am going to uh read this and like I need to know what the hype's all about um yeah five out of five hands down like everyone needs to read this you could totally try the audio of it um wasn't for you because you started reading and you yeah, had exactly. that British vibe to you. Yeah, if I had just started That's with audio, fair. I think it would have been totally fine. Because um, mm. the narrator did do good. Like, I listened to probably, like, two hours of it before I gave up. So they were up. fine, but just not what you were hoping for because you'd started off. Yeah, because I had already started it and I had already made it, like, halfway mm. through the book. Cause I was That's just gonna, fair. Yeah, because I was like, oh, I'll just listen to it to kind of help me figure out, like, pronunciation of some things. Because also I didn't know how to say Arthur's last name for a really long time. I'm still not even sure I'm saying it right, but... I will say that this elicited a question from me mm-hmm. that I've never really thought about, but like, what's the difference between sprites and fairies? Do you know? Uh, I don't know for sure. I but just Googled I think, it. Okay. I was going to say, if you know Are the answer. Ready? Yeah. Are we ready? I'm going to see if it's what I was thinking. Okay. According to Google, because like I was thinking about this as soon as you said she was a sprite, I was like, what's a sprite versus a fairy? How does that differ? What's funny is that when I first read it, I didn't know what the hell a sprite was. And Zoe was the first one. And this was an adult. And I was like, I don't know what, what am I, what am I? Well, the thing is, like, I've always assumed that like sprites are basically fairies, right? Like, okay. but like, I, I don't know. Anyways, this is what Google says. This is okay. the top definition. It says the difference between fairy and sprite when used as nouns. Fairy means the realm of fairy with an E, F-A-E-R-I-E, where a sprite means a spirit. Okay. And then if I look further down, it says that fairies are bigger and more powerful while sprites are smaller and less powerful and more like elemental where fairies are more like a being where sprites are more like specific to like woods, right? That's what I, yeah. They're more elemental. That's what I was going to say. I think the difference is, is that, yeah. So like Zoe is like the island sprite. So like she can make like all these flowers grow. She can control these things where like Fee can make a flower grow, but when she's super young, but she is way more comfortable with like, trees and woods because she's a forest sprite and like linus has said that he i think he's met like a, a water sprite in the past or something he's met like some other kind of element he's met other ones before See, that totally makes sense to me because sprites are always portrayed that way where it's like water element or whatever like mountain whatever forest yeah. 
but like fairies they don't have a specification like that so Mm -hmm. that makes sense to me that sprites are like tied to a specific element i'm sorry i just like my brain has been like trying (laughs) to figure it out anyways your book sounded great and i'm very excited about that i probably would read this um it's much more fantasy than mine mine is not (laughs) (laughs) very different then that's fun we have very different books yeah we got a lot of contrast going on um so I literally looked at my bookshelf when we talked about doing the water one and I had three and then I went on a trip and I bought a bunch of books at third place books and then I had like four more books with water so I guess I've just been like really ready for this you're very on theme yeah so ready um anyways I ended up trying to pick the book that was the oldest one that I had that had the water on the cover because <laughs> I've reorganized my bookshelf so my top shelf is my TBR right and then down below it I just kind of have them organized by like whether I like them or if they're like fancy ones like I have like the like special edition little women book mm, you know like yeah. fancy covers that kind of stuff um so I ended up picking one that was one of the older ones on my TBR and I picked Night Swim. It's by Megan Golden, but it's not how you would think to spell it. It's like G-O-L-D-I-N. Ooh, and so Golden. I was like, is it still pronounced the same? Probably. Yeah, I think so. I think so. But I just thought that was interesting to know. Or it'd be Goldine. Maybe Goldine. But then wouldn't there be an E at the end? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not I'm not an English major. Anyways, so that's the book I picked. Um I'm just going to do trigger warning right now. This entire book, there's no way to avoid it. There's no way around it. It's the entire theme, rape, murder, sexual assault, trial, all that. So if you're not in a place where you feel like you can listen to that or talk about that, that's fine. I'm really going to try not to get into any detail. I'm going to give you the overarching story of what happens here because there's a lot of details that go on. But as far as like you being interested in reading this book, keep that in mind um it does tell a lot okay <laughs> like that's it gets into know. girls testimonies and that kind of thing um like I literally would like pause it and like shush my boyfriend because like he like would he would like play video games right and then he would like come in to like kiss me while I'm listening to my audiobook and playing Animal Crossing and I was like not right now they are graphically describing rape yeah like, like, <laughs> I can't I can't do please both. back away <laughs> so um just so you know that's where we're at with this book okay. it's so much heavier than I expected um yeah I'm just gonna tell you about it I will try not to go into too much graphic detail or give away at the end so this book is about a woman named Rachel I don't remember her last name they probably told it to me at one point but I wrote these <laughs> book notes real quick it doesn't really matter anyways Rachel runs a podcast so she runs a murder podcast like a true like, crime it's, podcast it's almost you but only the wrong topic it is like it's very serial like the podcast that she runs where they like kind of like dig into older cases and they look into like here's what happened like here's the evidence that was presented in trial and um like so the the podcast tagline is like okay so the podcast name is guilty or not guilty and then the tagline is the podcast that puts you in the jury box, right? Ooh, so it's like, I like very it. exciting. Like they basically present evidence, which I think is interesting because a lot of the true crime that I listen to, there's no evidence. Like, no, yeah. They just tell you the story based on like whatever news media said at the time, right? So I thought that was a really interesting take, which I'm guessing is probably part of why they wrote this. So this book came out in um, August of 2020. And we all know that true crime podcasts have been like very hot for the last few years. So that doesn't surprise me at all. But I do feel like this is a bit of a twist with the whole like puts you in the jury box, right? Um, So 
Rachel is on season three and during season two, they felt like viewership dipped a little. So they're trying to find something grabby, right? Something really interesting that like creates conversations and is controversial. So she decides to go for a real active trial instead of doing a past trial, which was what her last two seasons were like. So she picks this real active trial in this fake place called Neapolis. <laughs> I was like, it's not real. It sounds kind of like Indianapolis. And the way that they talk about it makes it sound maybe a little Midwest. Like when they, when she talks about like the town, because like everyone seems to know each other, like it feels very small town. Um, but it's that somewhere fake, mm-hmm. which is nice. That's, that's yeah. good. I, I appreciate her neutrality there. Um, So Rachel travels to Neapolis to to cover this trial, right? And her face isn't on a lot of stuff. And she uses, I think, like someone else's last name and not her real last name to like book gigs and like hotels and that kind of stuff. So that that way, like her face, like her voice is something that's become like a household name, right? But her face isn't. So like she doesn't expect to be recognized anywhere. Okay. Um, which is probably good, honestly. Like you don't want people to know, like people obviously know in this small town that she's here for the trial, but they don't know exactly who she is or what she's there for. Um, so that's, it, it's kind of points in her, her favor at the beginning there. Um, knowing that Rachel starts getting right before the trial starts. Cause she gets there a couple days before, so she can kind of settle in and like, kind of get the lay of the land. Um, she gets a letter. She like goes out to a bar and she, there's a letter underneath her like windshield wiper. And she's like, that's weird. And it's addressed to her. And she's like, that's really weird because people shouldn't know who I am yeah. or why I'm here. Like, so she's very unsettled by this. And it's a letter from someone who had written a letter to her podcast before, which her producer or whatever, like sorts through, right? Mm-hmm. And they decide like what things to pick. And so it's a letter who said that says like, hi, my name is Hannah which gave me like 13 reasons why vibes, but don't even worry about it. <laughs> I was going to say, just as you said that, I was thinking the same thing. It really did. Like for some reason, something about it gave me 13 reasons why vibes. And I think it's because, so Hannah introduces herself to Rachel, right? Through this letter. She says like, hi, my name is Hannah. My sister, Julia was murdered in Neapolis years ago, but the police ruled it a suicide, but I don't believe it was a suicide. Like I believe she was murdered. And so Hannah is basically trying to tell her story to Rachel while Rachel is covering this murder trial, right? Um, It gave me some um, 13 Reasons Why vibes because Hannah basically refuses to actually meet face-to-face with Rachel. So throughout this book, she writes Rachel letters. So Rachel's attending trial during the day, and then she's like encountering weird letters and things at night from Hannah. And Hannah is telling the story of her sister, Julia, dying basically basically so hannah is trying to get rachel kind of hooked so um rachel reaches out to her producer who isn't there with her because he's like broken his back or something he's been in some major accident it's pretty horrific but i think the whole point is that so like rachel's there by herself right normally she's not normally she's not left her own accord doesn't have all this free time um so the producer was like oh yeah like i'll look into it like don't even worry about it like you're here for the trial right So let's get back to the trial. So the trial that she is here for is very much like the Chanel Miller trial that Krista and I talked about in the last episode. So if that gives you any idea, essentially this girl, they call her K on the, on the podcast, K in quotes, like the the letter. Um, Her name is Kelly. It's a small town, right? So they're trying to keep her name anonymous because supposedly in this small town, people don't know, right? But it's a small town. Everyone knows who the accused guy is. Everyone knows who this girl is. 
Um, but Rachel, in an attempt to kind of give her some of that anonymity, because they're not supposed to actually be saying the name of the, def- no, not victim. defendant, victim. Thank you. I was like, wrong word, not here for that. <laughs> um, instead of actually giving the name of the victim, she just gives the letter. Um, so it's really interesting the, the way they kind of like, like set up the story. So there's like alternating chapters, right? Where there's like Rachel chapters where she's like, she's in this town. She's talking to people who are involved in this rape case. She wants to know things from like the family of the boy. She's trying really hard to be unbiased. And then there's Hannah. So Hannah's story will pop in whenever Rachel comes across a letter or a voicemail from Hannah in which there's just more information about her sister Jenny's death. Um, mm-hmm. So it kind of alternates between those. I like that. I actually really like it. It's really interesting because you kind of get to hear it in Hannah's voice. The narrator, I ended up listening to this. I do physically own this book. I'm just a busy human being who doesn't have <laughs> enough time to physically read. Because um, like between, you know, working and cooking dinner, I just don't have time. <laughs> So I did end up buying this on Audible because I had a few extra credits because I didn't realize I hadn't been buying audiobooks. So I bought it on Audible and the narrator does a really good job going back and t- back and forth between the two women's voices. Um, so I did really appreciate that. So Rachel is sitting on each day on the trial and basically each day or maybe every other day, she's like getting more information about this Hannah um, and Jenny story. This is a really tough one without giving away details, considering there are two plot lines going on at the same time. Mm-hmm. But here's the gist. Okay. So for the trial that she is here for, basically, Kelly or Kay is saying that she did not consent to having sex with this guy who is a graduate from their local high school. So she knew who he was. And he's like a famous swimmer. He's a swimmer. See, like I said, there are some Chanel Miller similarities yeah. here. So he's a swimmer and like he's, he's, so he's graduated though. Like he's a little bit older than her, but essentially they're saying that he had a bet going with his friends about who could sleep with the most girls. And because he was behind, he premeditated this rape, mm, right? Yep. Like he got a friend involved to make sure she was where he wanted her to be. He didn't take her home when she asked to go home. Like that kind of thing, right? Mm -hmm. So that's what's going on in this rape trial. Like that's what they're trying to figure out. Like, did he or did he not rape Kay? And then at the same time, you have the Hanny, Hannah, Jenny, ugh, Hanny, God. (laughs) Hanny, it works. Hannah and Jenny. I was like, don't forget their names. And then just combine them. It's totally fine. (laughs) Um, So you got the Hannah and Jenny story, which funny enough, does have a lot of similarities with what happened to Kay. I will say that there ends up being no real relation in the end to the cases, oh, okay. but I was it's interesting it that there are a lot of similarities, especially mm-hmm. being in such a small town. Like, I'm sure that there were some implications in there that there was similarities, but the, the reality was like, they were separate. Um, so the police ruled that um, Jenny had died by going out on a night swim. And so basically like the whole town rumor was that Jenny was just a slut. Jenny went on a night swim with some boy, which she used to do on the regular and something happened and she drowned. And that sounds like her fault. Right. Which just like pissed me off. Like, I'm not going to lie. Like most of the time, whenever I listened to Jenny's story, I was pissed. Like I was frustrated. Like I was upset. The fact that like the town would think this, but I'm also not shocked. Right. Like Mm -hmm. this is very classic small town behavior. Everyone knows everybody. One person starts a rumor and everyone believes it. So Hannah kind of goes into the summer before. So Hannah is Jenny's kid sister. And she's like, she was like nine or 10 when Jenny died. 
and Jenny was like 16. So she's quite a few years younger than her. Mm -hmm. But basically, Hannah and Jenny lived in Neapolis. Her mother had um, cancer. And so they were just trying to survive. Like, really, they were these girls trying to survive. And it's really, it's really sad. Honestly, like, I feel like Jenny tried really hard to take care of Hannah when they were younger. But Jenny was very clearly, I won't go into detail, but very clearly earlier on in the story of Hannah talking about what happened to Jenny in that summer before she died, Jenny was clearly sexually assaulted. So they like got a ride home from these boys that were really unruly, right? And Jenny got trapped in the center seat between these two boys. And then when, when Hannah got out, they were like, oh, your sister wants to come fishing with us. And she's like, no, she, she probably doesn't. Yeah. Fishing. And they're like, oh no, she does. And they like speed off with her. Basically they like keep her in the truck. They won't let her leave. And then the next time they go to the beach, cause that's like a thing you do when it's hot. Right. And you're in the middle of wherever mm-hmm. Neapolis is unknown. Um, By water, next time they go to the beach though, like the boys start whispering to each other and people start making rumors about how Jenny's easy. Oh, mm-hmm. right. So like these boys sexually assault Jenny and then make it into her fault oh yeah very typical like very standard very typical it's it's so typical like basically all of jenny's story pretty much lays out like that right so she's sexually assaulted she finds a boy that she likes and um he starts to believe these rumors that she's easy and then she goes on a date with him and she comes back upset from this date because he thought that she just wanted to have sex with everybody and so it didn't matter right Mm -hmm. like it's it's honestly really sad to hear Hannah kind of lay out what Jenny's last few months were like up until them finding her dead in the water. So that's the water piece here. She went on a night swim, right? Mm-hmm. And they found her dead. So they assume that that was it. And everyone that um, Rachel, the podcast interviewer, talked to in between trial was basically just like, it seemed weird, though, because Jenny was a really strong swimmer. Like, why would she drown? Oh, yeah. And on the same day, on the same day that Jenny died that year, there was a car accident and two boys in town who were like popular boys and known also died. And so the whole town really obsessed over these boys dying in a car accident versus whatever happened to Jenny because they assumed she's a town slut. Yeah. So she just killed herself. They literally refer to her in the book as the town bike. And that upsets me so much. Because I had someone say that to me one time in high school. And I was just like, I literally don't think you know what you're talking about. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, people will literally say anything if it supports their own belief. And then Mm -hmm. they'll believe that it's true because they've said a thing that supports that belief. Yeah. Like, it's so frustrating. And so I thought this book was really good. I thought it was really interesting the way that they, like, they mapped out the trial. Um, Kay's journey, uh, I didn't get too much into it. I guess I did get a little more into Jenny's Jenny's journey but essentially like Kay got kicked out of a party because her friend thought that Kay was into her ex-boyfriend and so her friend got pissed and so her friend kicks Kay out of this party and Kay ends up meeting up with this high school boy who followed her because he was like well you shouldn't walk home alone in the woods because his friend lived in the woods right Mm -hmm. so he follows her home and they end up like smoking a joint and making out and this guy leaves He's like, all right, I'll be right back. I'm going to go get another joint. And he went to go get a condom too, because, you know, they're teenage children. Hey, at least he's but being he safe. He bought a condom. I think that's great. Yeah. If he was going, if it was going to happen. Yeah. Exactly. But like kind of between like him leaving and then him coming back, Jenny gets like diverted elsewhere, essentially against her will, kind of. Um, so there is like, kind or of Kelly a really big, does. 
sorry. Thank you. There's just so many okay. names in this one because there's two stories going. Yes. Yeah. So in the trial, yeah, Kelly gets basically moved to another person accidentally, but also kind of on purpose. Like there's some pre-planning there, which is really frustrating to me. Um, so I thought this was a really interesting book, mostly because like having those two stories going side by side is fairly traumatic. Like those are some pretty intense topics to have going. Like during the day, Rachel is at this trial. She's hearing like Kay's testimony. Kay breaks down and can't continue doing, doing cross-examination, which means they have to throw out her whole testimony because cross-examination didn't have their fair chance to actually talk to her. So like the trial's not looking oh, good. Shit right and then maybe in between Rachel's also feeling really violated because she's like well why won't Hannah just meet me like Mm -hmm. they they were supposed to meet and Hannah doesn't show up but she leaves her a letter and then she keeps violating her privacy by like leaving a letter on Rachel's like um pillow in her hotel room and she's just like no like that's not okay so like at one point like Rachel is just like I'm done with this Hannah stuff you know what I mean Mm -hmm. like I did have suspicions that like maybe Hannah wasn't real like so Rachel just like ends up doing this whole like deep dive while she's in Neapolis about Jenny, sorry, names hard. <laughs> while she's here to cover the trial for Kay and Scott. And it's, it's really interesting because they also do chapters that's this podcast episodes. They'll do a full chapter where it's like, oh, here's what that episode was. Oh, and I so, love so Rachel will go into like how she explained it to her podcast, but like, she doesn't really explain it to you like she explained to her podcast. She just like does the podcast, right? Like mm-hmm. it's audio. So I thought that was really interesting. I, I thought the writing style was really unique. It felt really real, which I, I thought was kind of cool. Although I feel like most of the things that have to do with sexual assault usually feel pretty real because mm-hmm. I think most people are really sensitive to it, honestly. Like, yeah. like why wouldn't we be? We were women, something we, they've been telling us about since we were like eight years old. So I thought this was a really good book though, but I can see that it's definitely not for everybody. Um, there were parts of it that I thought were just really, really hard and traumatic. And I just wanted to turn it off. Like I, I truly did. Like I ended up listening to it for the most part, but there were parts where I just like, I don't know if it was just that there was too much happening, but like, I would just be like, oh, I didn't absorb any of that. And I mm-hmm. think it was just because there was so much going on in this world. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it was like, um, I'm not, and I don't want to go back and like catch like, up I on can't. it. Like, we'll just, we'll I don't need that out. detail. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's really interesting. You know, they, they, they do sort everything out in the end, which I always love, but I'm not going to tell you how they sort things out. Um, I'm not going to tell you any of the verdicts, but like, I got like tapped on the shoulder and I was like, Shh, there's like 10 minutes left. They're giving the trial verdict. <laughs> <laughs> the jury like, foreman has just stood up. <laughs> That's incredibly important. He was like, oh my God, I'm sorry. Okay. Um, but it was really good. Like I, w- I would probably give it five out of five stars. I think it's, it's a, probably takes a lot of an author to have to describe things like this, especially in this kind of detail, yeah. but it's definitely not for every reader. Oh, wow. I was gonna say, like we said, those are very, very, it's very be- different. So books. different. Like, like night and day. Yeah. Like mine gave me emotions. Sure. But good ones. I felt good. Mine just made me hate men more. It's fine. I wanted to protect the children. <laughs> Like sometimes I want to just smack line and say, "Don't you separate them?" Do it. Yeah, or yours. Yeah, I want to smack men and be like, "Just leave me alone." Like, why would you be like that? Yeah, yeah. it just was frustrating because like there are parts that like you can tell people are lying. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. just like any book that's like that where you have to ask questions and you have to figure out vic- like victims and suspects and like it's just a lot. Um, 
but yeah, it was really good. I don't regret it. I think it was like a quality one to add to my TBR because I don't have those particular like triggers to a strong yeah. degree. But if you do, I would avoid. I'll say I might, I have some audible credits. Maybe I'll use it on that. I've been looking for a good one to kind of get me pulled in. And that could be a good work one where I don't, I can kind of gloss over some stuff while working. We'll see. I think it was actually pretty good. I was able to like, um, like do laundry and dishes and stuff while I was listening to it. Like it didn't require like my full attention. Like mm-hmm. I think sometimes that they do require me to like seriously focus on all the, all the details. Yeah. Um, but there's enough here that I think you'd be okay listening to it like as a side. Mm-hmm. Okay. Might have to check it out. Um, our next topic, well, Rachel kind of read a book that will totally would have worked for our next topic, but that's fine. So the next one we're doing like name twins. So the main character is going to have the same name as us. It was really hard for me. I picked one. Huzzah. I did it. I'm so proud. Um, there's a lot of Rachel books out there. I don't know if y'all know that. Just take a look at your TBR next time. They all spell it wrong, but whatever. Yeah, they all spell it wrong, but so does mine. So that's fine. That's true. Yours probably would. Yeah, but we're here. It's all good. Uh, Socials, Instagram, isn't it past your bedtime? And Twitter, IIPYB underscore pod. You can check out our website, which is getting a refresh in the next like month, which is exciting at isn'titpastyourbedtime.com. If you have ideas about the refresh, things that maybe you would want to see, things you want us to cover more. Uh, we have email, isn't it past your bedtime at Gmail. Shoot us all your ideas and your recs. Absolutely love that. Um, rate, review, subscribe, tell everybody no, shout it from a rooftop. Um, and yeah, we will talk to all of y'all later. We got another mini this month, so check it out. Bye, Bye everyone. Bye.